warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like Optimus. up everybody welcome to episode 136 of the bone bat show this is steve this is gord how you doing man i'm too how could i not be doing anything but great i mean it's our it's our beer and candy episode it's the annual halloween blowout no shit it's it's the scariest episode number ever is this episode 666? Well, no, it's 136, but that starts with 13. <laughs> 
And then the second number is is three, so that means that there's three sixes, which is six six six. Oh, that's scary too. Wow, it's fucking terrifying. This is going to be the show of us just reaching to make connections. <laughs> because speaking of thirteen and scary, I have my very first public display of my artwork on Friday the thirteenth. That is yeah. so hot, dude. Yeah, yeah. November 13th, going to be part of the uh, the old Davis Art Walk. Walk around town, look at art, you know, drink some wine or whatnot, meet the artist. In one of those locations, you can meet me. Are you going to expose yourself to art? I'm planning on it. There's this guy named Art when he walks in the door. <laughs> Wang. Wong. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm so proud of you that you get to do an art showing. I've seen like some of the stuff. Like Recently, you did a series of fish paintings on mirrors, and they look totally cool. Thanks. And uh, That's what's up. Yeah, That's, I'm excited to see those. I'm excited up. to see... You know, what else you, that you have uh, going for that? That's going to be great, man. Yeah, a little airbrush and a little original work. A few prints and some cartoons, because, hey, why not? Because mainly the guy with the gallery told me that's what he wanted. So <laughs> Whatever you want. Definitely, buddy. why not? Right, yeah. So. <laughs> You're giving me a showing? <laughs> so You're showing this? The Cobalt Salon and Gallery, 132 East Street. I think that's pronounced Salon. Is it a salon or I a think, salon? Uh, I'm not sure. You may be mispronouncing that. I don't know. All I know is you can see my art, you can buy my art, you can meet me, and while you're there, you can get a haircut. So <laughs> That's awesome. And another reason why this show is so awesome, Steve. Is what? What are we listening to? Oh my god, Warp Eleven. And why are we listening to them? You've heard them you've heard them here before. They've been on twice before. We have a great time whenever we speak to them, and their music is always just the rockinest. And they've got a brand new album out on October twenty fourth called Rock out with your Spock out. Now, I don't know why they didn't name an album this before that, but it's time has come. <laughs> it's definitely time for this. When, I, I, when I heard there. the name, I went, didn't they already have? No, I guess no. not. No, it's, it's fantastic. And it, man, it rocks so hard. This is such a bitchin' album, I gotta say. So you're going to want to buy it. We're going to play a bunch for you. We're going to chat with the band. It's going to be a kick-ass time. In addition... We've got a bunch of Halloween shit that we're going to throw at you. And it's our beer and candy episode, as Gord mentioned previously. So what are we drinking and eating tonight, buddy? Well, I'll tell you. Here's, here's how it is on my end. Because I don't actually drink beer anymore. I uh, grabbed some weird-ass soft drinks from one section of the store while I sent my kid to the dollar store to buy me candy. So I don't even know what's in this candy bag over here. Okay. And uh, the very first drink that I'm going to drink is Fuckola Cola. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? That's a cola? For real. F-U-K-O-L-A. Fuckola Cola. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. It says uh, anytime, anywhere, with anyone. Here we go. Drinking a drink of Fuckola Cola. Nice. Well, I actually, you know what? It, it it dawned on me at some point. We've been doing this for like seven years, seventy nine years. Like there there have been seven of these episodes before, and every time I eat shitty candy all night. And so yeah. I decided, you know what? I'm just going to buy good candy that I like. I mean, may not maybe not good. I know you kind of put your nose up at some of the candy I like, but I do. But you know, and it's I like bought wine, a couple of, of Halloween type things. So the thing I'm eating is in a bag of, I don't know. It's called Frankenbites terrifyingly tasty and evidently it has the official universal monsters logo on it 
and it's peanut brittle dipped in chocolate. This and this is something you know you like because you've had it before. No. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. I thought it would be good versus like letting my wife pick out candy to punish me. See, I think half the fun is is okay. So I. That is fun. At the dollar store, they don't have these uh, are good. By the way, they don't have the name brand items. I believe because <laughs> right. these are Swizzlers, not to be confused with Twizzlers. <laughs> Swizzlers, and they're salted caramel twists. Okay, artificially flavored. I wonder if the salt is the artificial. I'm not sure. I don't know. So, so I'm, I'm try, drinking. I'm, I'm drinking from Stillwater Artisanal Brewery. I'm drinking a Saison Darkly. So all the Saisons I've had before are very sweet beer and. Uh, this is like a kind of a porter version of a saison, which I've never had before. Then it is—it's sweet, but it's toasty at the same time. It's very, uh, very tasty. But I gotta say, you know what pisses me off? What pisses you off? When I spill my fucking beer, like the second <laughs> after I opened it, I literally I popped that. open the beer, set it mm-hmm. on the table, swung my mic around. The mic knocked the beer off onto the floor. I lost like two thirds of my beer. You're just like the Eminem in that that movie. Then commercial. I'm sitting there mopping you up. the mic into your drink. Yeah, yeah, the, the little boom that the mic's on. Then I'm like cleaning up the beer mess. The phone rings. I answer the phone. Hi, this is Casey from Society for the Blind. Would you be interested in? Do- Fuck off! I'm trying to bone bat. <laughs> I'm trying to bone bat. <laughs> so yeah, I'm bone bat should be a verb. It should be. So what pisses you off, man? Well, the food that I'm eating, this is atrocious. (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you buy Swizzlers at the dollar store. Swizzlers, salt and caramel twists, artificially flavored, are not good. Well, I have less than one gram of fat, and uh, they're sweet and salty, according to the the pack. The pack also says great tasting. I'm not going to eat this entire bag. Well, i got to say that uh, terrifyingly tasty Frankenbites dipped in chocolatey goo are uh, very tasty. I like them. they got peanuts in them, peanut brittle dipped in chocolate. It's good stuff. Wow. Well, here's what pisses me off, and it kind of goes along with what just happened to you. Appointment robots. There's going to be a lot of robots in this episode, I think. We are kind of forcing this because we got Warp 11 on, and it's our Halloween episode. So we're doing a Halloween in space techno robot. Ah, scary thing. So. That's right. In space, nobody can hear you bone bad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get a t-shirt with that made on it, too. And it'd be yeah. like just these like earbuds floating in space. Speaking of which, yeah. no one else pisses me off. I had what? to buy another fucking pair of earbuds this morning because my earbuds die. Can... You know, all the things we can do. We can invent amazing things. We can go to the moon, and we can't make a pair of fucking earbuds that last more than six months. You buy cheap earbuds. That's your problem. No, even when you buy expensive, then you have expensive ones that don't work in six months, and you're pissed. (laughs) I had like a a $50 pair of, uh, I'd gotten a gift card, and I splurged, and I bought like a $50 uh, pair of Skull Candy. Oh, and still they candy ended, or crap. They ended up taking the well, but they were the expensive ones. Yeah, but that just means they put a bigger number on the sticker. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Beats by Dr. Dre? You gonna get I don't know. Those? No, I just it I, I can't find them, so I buy them cheap just thinking they're disposable, but they go so fast it always pisses me off. Anyway, go ahead. What pisses you off, buddy? Here's what pisses me off. And I'm very sorry about your earbuds because that does suck. But appointment robots. It, it seems like anytime I have an appointment for something. And believe you me, I have a lot of appointments. I get a a robot calling me in the evening on my phone to confirm my appointment. All right, fine. That's fine. I'm I'm all for that kind of efficiency. Great. 
Call me up, remind me I have an appointment, press one. If I'm going to make it, press two if I need to reschedule. But all of these goddamn robots, they don't do it that way. They call you up and then they say, hey, you've got this appointment and this is the date. And now let's talk about, and they'll do an advertisement. <laughs> Did you know that you can pay your bill with the blah bitty blah bitty? And if, the, if, you're, if you got Ebola, blah bitty blah bitty blah bitty. And, you know, we're going to do this health fair, blah bitty. Just get to the goddamn point. Never fails. <laughs> By the before it gets to the point where I can push the right button, I get frustrated and hang up, and then I have to have a real human being call me like a, the next day because they know. I guess in the system, it, it yeah, says it generated a report. The, yeah, the hung up on robot. The reporto bot said, you know, could not complete communication. And I know that somewhere there's a call center with these robots, and it's like the manager robot is firing the robot that keeps calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, copper is for closers. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. So what about you, Steve? That's it. What pisses me off? Really? My beer and blind people and my earbuds being bad. That's what pisses me off. There's not a lot that pisses you off tonight. You're in a good goddamn mood. You know what pisses me off? When I forget to say what the opening song was. That was Bar Trek from... Rock out with your Spock out. Why don't we listen to another tune from that fine record? Let's do it. All right. This is actually the title cut from Warp 11 2015. Rock out with your Spock out.
right, once again, that was the title cut of the brand new CD, Rock Out With Your Spock Out, from the mighty Warp 11. And joining us now, their triumphant return to the Bone Bat Show, the band themselves, Warp 11. How you doing, guys? We're doing great! Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. Please re- hello. Uh, please reintroduce yourselves to our listeners. I'll go first in this case. <laughs> My name is Captain Carl V. Miller. I'm captain <laughs> of this band. And of reverb, evidently. Well, no, when Keith walks in the room, we get the echo. So, All right, uh, Brian, you're next. I'm a chief what, engineer, uh, Brian Moore, and I play uh, guitar for the band. Woo! I forgot. I, I am uh, vocals bass and sex appeal <laughs> Wait, why does everyone laugh i'm trying to be serious yeah <laughs> take it away kiki i'm kiki stockhammer and i'm vocals and uh i'm chief science officer that means Yay. she gets all our drugs and booze for us nice because so science absolutely science <laughs> i make it so behind the scenes all the time very and there's good. there's one more of us, the drummer, but he's downstairs getting his drum, so I'll just I'll just be him for a second. Hold on. My name is John Number One Merlino. I'm drums and percussion and complainer. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he'll actually listen to this. <laughs> well, I got. Probably, I, I can feel him smirking at you from the band room right now right. downstairs. Oh, and did I mention I suck? <laughs> No. <laughs> that's what happens when you're not in the interview. You get a little abused. It's okay. That's how that's how we run things on my ship. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it kind of sucks because it's, it, it's not like he's having a good time. He's loading out the drums by himself. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I almost <laughs> so it's like he's getting dicked twice. <laughs> well, there's only two other guys in the band, so really he can only be dicked twice. <laughs> <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> so guys, we've been soaking in the glory that is Rock Out with your Spock Out for a couple of days now. And I got to say, you guys always rock, but this album rocks so damn hard. I mean, the production is like a lemon slice wrapped around a large gold brick. It's just amazing. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's got a little pan-galactic gargle blaster in it. I hadn't really thought about it like that. but definitely. Right? Absolutely. Brian, it's like Brian, an audio pan-galactic gargle blaster. Huh? Brian only gets Star Trek references, so please don't go off message, right? Damn it. I'm sorry. I apologize, talk about a book? I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, thank you for saying that about the album, though. You know, our last album, which was our sixth album, was a concept album called Borgasm. Had that dark kind of metal, techno, weird theme going. And so when we finished that one, we kind of thought about it. We said, let's just go back to our roots. I think all bands do that when they hit middle age. Uh-huh. Let's just go back to our roots. Let's, let's just do a rock album. We'll stay on message of rock. Yeah. We put the oh, rock yeah. in, the Spock out. <laughs> you stripped it way down, and I, I really dig the sound of this album. It reminds me a lot of, like, 1981 Los Angeles punk rock. Nice. It's, it's very – some of your songs kind of remind me of uh, X. You know, yeah, oh, I love Specifically, it. rock out with your Spock out. Oh, well, Kiki, you, you've channeled Exene's uh, Urvanka very well. <laughs> I take that as such an amazing compliment. Thank you so very much. I, I just got to say that uh, I really got into singing Rock Out with your Spock out and straight out of Vulcan for sure. 
<laughs> that and song the has... whole concept of the rock in this new CD, I I think it was a little bit of me too. I was like, come on, you guys, let's rock. Well, I thought it was more me. I thought I was going, come on, you guys, let's rock. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who actually said, come on, you guys, like let's rock, but somebody did. <laughs> yeah, well, it definitely wasn't John. He he would have said, "Let's jazz." <laughs> John's, John's come, John, the drummer, comes from a jazz background, so sometimes I have to yell at him and say, "Get your jazz out of my rock and roll!" <laughs> come on, guys, let's noodle. You know what's funny though, like Kiki mentioned before, another song called uh, "Straight Out of Vulcan," and uh, you know, originally that song was supposed to be kind of a, it was supposed to be a rap song, as uh-huh. you can imagine, from "Straight Out of Vulcan," the title. But uh, about I don't know, like a couple days into trying to write it, we realized that we were too white and not Jewish enough to rap. <laughs> I still got to say though, for the record, when we do our Mirror Mirror CD, there still is potential there because I thought Brian rapping was pretty awesome. <laughs> Oh, no, Just I'm, saying. I scare the crap out of myself when I rap. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like I, I'm reminded of Beck when he was like, "Yeah, I, I got this concept. I'm going to play this song, and I'm kind of kind of rap over it." And in his head, he thought he was coming out as Chuck D. From, you know, public <laughs> Instead, he sounds like this scrawny little white dwarf. He sounds like Beck. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys have a, uh, you know, not so many people have heard it. We uh-huh. just got the CDs literally yesterday. Uh, do you guys have a favorite song? Is there anything that really jumped out at you since you're the first people I've talked to really that have listened to it? Man, there's well, like five or six songs. Uh, and, you know, some of it like great lines immediately were cracking me up. Uh, you mentioned Straight out of Vulcan, which is a fave. Uh, I'll yeah. free your willy like Star Trek Four. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was a lot of funny <laughs> So a little fun bit about Straight Out of Vulcan is originally the captain was going to sing that. And I look at this kind of as like Sigourney Weaver and Alien. You know, her role was originally meant for a man. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, God. Off message. Just with let, Sigourney me Weaver sing off message. let me sing this song. And uh, I had so much fun just from the perspective of being the captain. Well, you know, I channeled all... Uh, every raunchy wish and idea in my mind as I was singing it that I could possibly put forth.
Well, you know, I used to be a little neurotic, too, that, that I was the captain of the band, so I was the only one who could ever sing the line about being the captain. And finally, I just like kind of gave up a little on it a little bit, so I had to share the wealth. Besides, Chekhov is a captain and yeah. now, I think, so everyone can get their own ship eventually, I guess. Yeah, and John yeah, is a so. captain. I mean, you know, really anybody. Jeez, give me a break. I think he's a goddamn admiral, in fact. Well, uh, another one of my uh, favorite lines, Kiki, of yours from I want to fuck you like Captain Kirk. Let me get serious all over your Tiberius. Oh, yeah. Another brilliant line. That is a good line. Thank you for noticing. Yes. Can I just just point out that the drums, well, the whole song I think is maybe my favorite on the album. You are not Feklar. Feklar, right. The, The drums on that are fucking kicking. I know the drummer's not here right now, so feel free to not tell him that. But I want to go drag him up the stairs. And no, no, fuck it. Me. In fact, you know what's funny about that song is I actually played the drums on that one. <laughs> John, John had a cold that day and he couldn't really do it and I just sat down and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to fucking blast this shit out. So thank you for noticing because I felt... Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good, but hearing someone say how amazing I was is awesome. <laughs> well, and of course, there is a reason why he is dubbed number one. He is quite remarkable. When he's just playing around with him and uh, Brian, and they just start getting loose and going for it, it's pretty impressive. You know what's funny about John being in the band? Because John's our second drummer. We had another drummer along... Uh, Jeez, how long ago was 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 it? I don't know, nine years. Something? Yeah, like I don't know, like eight or nine years ago. And he was like one of the founding members, but he had a little bit of the uh, how do you say uh, Romulan ale problem. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. A little too much blood wine now and again. Mm-hmm. And so, so all of a sudden, our drummer is gone, and uh, and I'm just like, oh fuck, you know, what are we gonna do? So we put some ads in the paper or on you know Craigslist or whatever. We got some people tried out, and that was a disaster. I could do a whole show talking about these guys that showed up. To be in the Star Trek band, you can only that imagine. Would, that would be oh, a yeah. fun interview because you know all drummers are crazy. According yeah, they're to all they're staff, nuts, and, and the guys who want to be in a Star Trek band are even more nuts. And then there's this guy I work with who was kind of he was like my boss for a little while, and he keeps saying, "Hey, you know, I can play drums," and I'm like, "Dude, no, you, no," because I mean, people you work with always say, "Hey, I can play drums." And so I'm just thinking, no, I don't want it. It's bullshit. And then finally, we let the guy try out in just desperation because we had like eight other people and just they were all horrible. And so I'm like, fine, John, you can come over and try out the guy. And the guy turns out to be Neil fucking Peart of the Alpha Quadrant. I was like, oh, my God, it's fucking amazing. Oh, and he's here now. I mean, he sucks. And I, he had to pay me to let him in the band. There, John, introduce yourself. I'm Neil Peart of the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> Woo! Um, I'm so mad he fucking heard that. He was standing behind me when I was praising him. Oh, that, yeah, because you were talking shit about me earlier, right? <laughs> no, not at all. We were no. singing praise to you the entire time. <laughs> no, this is John. Hi, John. Uh, Commander number one John Merlino person. I play drums <laughs> and uh, percussion, sometimes keyboards, and uh, generally I'm uh, the the nasty music critic of the band <laughs> and jazz and and inserting jazz and prog rock and uh all sorts of other stuff that really doesn't fit in with the band at all <laughs> he listens to a lot of drum corps those guys are serious drummers man yeah does he you gotta occasionally try to do the the vulcan finger thing and instead give you jazz hands did you just say the vulcan finger bang <laughs> i did the vulcan finger thing <laughs> finger bang i think you said Salute. Thing. i've never heard of it uh <laughs> Now you're that, gonna think about that. It does now, right? the lobster claw like one better? <laughs> 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 yeah.
Yeah. Sorry. We've got to write a song called the Vulcan Finger Thing. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but our song will have an entirely different meaning. I should hope hey, so. baby, you mind if I do that Vulcan Finger Thing to you? Yeah. Hey, my voyage to Uranus be a motherfucking round trip if you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This was probably a respectable interview before. No. no, no. These guys all. are never very respectable. On this show? Yeah, yeah. It's true, unfortunately. John, they're drinking beer. I'm not. Oh, we need to drink beer. What's going we on? We are. Yes. I just, uh, just so the listeners at home, I'm now drinking a Black Diamond White Witch IPA. So I've, I've Ooh, moved nice on choice. to... Oh, is it time White for the next box? Halloween beer number two for the evening. Very nice. Very nice. That's great. Due to a brain injury, uh, I'm only drinking non-alcoholic uh, drinks, so mine aren't quite as adventurous as Steve's, but I've got a Mr. Q Cucumber. <laughs> I have no idea what this does. Where did you put that cucumber? I, that depends on how I sit. <laughs> I love. I just love that it's got Q in the title. Yeah, we have a song called Q. Well, we were told that we needed to stay on Q. message. Yeah, stay on message. <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm drinking this one. Now, speaking of which. brought us beers. Whoa, cute. Because I care. <laughs> oh, I heard that. Uh, and I'm actually two for two for spilling my drinks on myself, so. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you spill. <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about the mirror, mirror idea. Because uh, I realize that Seven of Mine. Is mm -hmm. like a remake of a song off your first album, but in a much more kind of heavy Sabbathy vein. I felt yes, yeah. I love that bridge. I I was listening to Sabbath. I said I want to put a bridge in the song that sounds like Black Sabbath. So it's a it's an homage. <laughs> nice. Hey, I've got a question too about the Borg thing. If you hook up with two Borgs at the same time, is that Borgamy? <laughs> no, it's still monogamy. It's, it's, yeah, don't you remember? A line in one of our songs that says it's, it's about the Borg Queen having sex with the Borg Queen, and it says it's not monogamy because in the end, when I'm fucking fucking you, I'm, you, I'm fucking all of, all of your all friends. friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so the mirror mirror thing is something we play around with once in a while. It's actually a Halloween thing. Yeah. Yes. Well, we on Halloween we always do these different different ideas like last year we opened for ourselves and we were a batman band called gotham knights and so we took like 45 minutes of material our material and you know we have a, like a song called a song for people who never watch star trek and so we changed it to a song for people who never read batman <laughs> okay and we dressed like batman and so we did the show dressed as batman and then we ran and took all our makeup off and then dressed up as ourselves and went out and, and did that and the year before that we did star wars What's the Star Wars? Oh, the Batman band's called Gotham Knights, and the Star Wars band is called Hyperdrive 12, because they're we're one better than Warp 11. We even but, but, it all, but it all originally started with the Roddenberries. Right, we decided, like, this is why I love this band, because we're so, like, on message. You guys said it earlier, and you're, you just nailed it. We are on message. We occasionally form another band that only sings songs about Star Trek, and we wear like jumpsuits like out of the show Enterprise and we wear wrestling masks that are the color of our uniform. So my mask is gold and Brian's is red and John's is blue. They, they were flight crazy. suits. Yeah, they're flight suits. And then we basically write 45 minutes of new material and we open for ourselves as another Star Trek band called the Rod and Berries. <laughs> 
And, and we, each and of us had our own characters. And we're from England, and we just talk a lot of shit about Warp 11 while we're playing. <laughs> like, Warp 11 stole this idea from us. We were doing this 10 years before they were even on the scene. <laughs> and it's funny because some people really don't know that it's us. <laughs> and we, we had some of our good friends, so after the Roddenberries finished their set, and it was a great way for us to be able to kind of get out of our normal comfort zone for warp 11 and they just write songs really fast and not like care as much you know like planet (laughs) fuck planet fuck's a good song (laughs) planet fuck is a good example it's just kind of punk and funny yeah and then uh basically what we did is we also had uh some good friends that replaced us so the roddenberries got off stage we went in an alley and we we gave, gave our friends them our, our flight suits, and so they walked back in. We, while Warp 11 was playing, they came well, in. While we changed very quickly, and then <laughs> and we came the out as row. Warp 11. And talk shit while we were playing. Like, you guys suck! <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then another Halloween, this is getting back onto the initial question. We, we did the mirror, mirror version of Warp 11. Okay. We did the, it's funny our, our other our old drummer's calling our guitarist right now. hey are, are you guys doing an interview yeah that's yeah, right are, are you guys talking me? shit about me I kind of I'm sensing something but uh, anyway Synchronicity. so one year we formed a band called Warp 11 Mirror Mirror and of course as all your you know listeners know there was an episode of Star Trek called Mirror Mirror yes, where Spock has the goatee and everyone's like the opposite so the Enterprise is filled, filled with evil you know evil Captain Kirk and evil Spock and uh, so we basically just took a bunch of our lyrics and rewrote all the songs with new music. He's getting, you're doing the echo. <laughs> Who walked in and uh, so we, it's kind of fun. So one of these days, we're just going to do a mirror, mirror album where we just like take all our lyrics and write different versions. And then on the cover, all everyone without a goatee, like Kiki will have a goatee and I'll <laughs> shave my goatee. So <laughs> oh, I'm going to love that day. You yeah. look great in a goatee. I've seen I'm, you do it. It's amazing. I look great in facial hair. Believe me, I've tried he it does. at Burning Man before. It's sexy, but creepy. Yeah, like I, me. I like that femininity, right? Of being able to just be something completely different. It's like I want to kiss her, but she's got a beard, so I don't want to. Uh. <laughs> Confuses my sexuality. Uh, but but the really cool thing about well, primarily the Mirror Mirror gigs and the Roddenberry's gigs is that we don't just you know do them for a Halloween show and just for fun and then blow it all off. We get a whole lot of songs that are worthy of putting on albums. Uh, in what I think there's three or four songs. For, on this new album that are from the Roddenberry, yeah, like the, the good, the good songs we keep and yeah. move over. Oh, okay. the, best, the best one you keep refusing. All your bones are belong to us. So this is the greatest song we've ever written. <laughs> I love song. that song, Brian. Like, I want that like, song. I'm not kidding. It's got one note. Give us your bones. Give us your bones. Give us your bones. Punk one note thing, and uh, you know, I don't know. We have an idea for like. When we, when we finally stopped doing the band, and I don't know when that's going to be because we've been going for 16 years now. We formed in 99. And, uh, but when we do stop the band, we have a bunch of songs that we ne- – you know, they're just kind of too quirky. To, like we have a song called King Kong versus Captain Kirk. It's just weird. And so we're going to make an album called Enterprise B-Sides. And then we're going to put them all, all the weird songs on you see, that. But that will be the last thing we ever do. It seems to me like those kind of songs would be a great thing to, say, world premiere on your favorite podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we have some some bootlegs we can send you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to do them justice. I mean, like Cluck of Khan, that has to be produced. Cluck of Khan. Khan is one of my favorites. It's very. Uh, it's like Primus. Primus. Yes. Oh, nice. But, but Primus, it's like if, if Primus wrote a song with William Shatner and Colonel Sanders, that is Cluck <laughs> of Khan. And had a chicken stuffed down his pants. Obviously, they all had chickens in their pants when they wrote it. Well, in fairness, sometimes Les does sound like he has a chicken in his pants. I thought he did have a chicken in his pants. I think it always, always sounds like he has a chicken in his pants. You know, my buddy is really good friends with him. <laughs> really? On message. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys put at least one weird-ass song on the new album. I just fuck the hologram. Just <laughs> you know, for me, I just fucked a hologram is like the period at the end of the sentence that is rock out with your Spock out. <laughs> Because the album is pretty, it's pretty thematic in that it's rock and there's a lot oh. of rock. And on a lot of our other albums, we, we kind of drift around a lot. It's like you'll get like a waltz or a western, get like yeah. a punk song yeah. and then a rock song and it just dances all over. But this album is kind of thematically is I think our, one of our more coherent albums. And so it's fun that we just have at the very end, it, I guess you guys should play it sometime so people can hear it. <laughs> it's hard to describe. We're planning I, I on it. I think we're going to play it on fact. this podcast later yes. on. Yeah. Excellent. We apologize in advance. It's thematically different than the rest of the album, and it has the best last line of any song. Oh, yeah. I love when you take a fucked up song, and then you just take it to the next level in the last line. Bravo. That was... (laughs) Yeah, I remember when I came up... I I can still see it. When I came up with the idea for the song, we were like... A bunch of us were leaving my house like to go to the movies, and we were walking outside, and we were just kind of talking like, yeah, we should write a song called I Just Fucked a Hologram. It'll be this really raunchy, dirty, you know, like old maritime song. Oh, what is like it? Like a sea shanty? Yeah, Irish jig. And then and I'm like, and I just stop and go, oh, my God, I got the last line. <laughs> should, can I, should I just say the last No, line? do not, because oh, we're no. going to play no. it. Spoiler it's alert. It's got a great We're closing the show with it, man. It'll it'll get its close that you want. Okay. That line is the money shot for this show. It is. <laughs> you know when we The entire it, episode. We played it live one time. The funny thing is, it is the very first song. It's the oldest song on the album. We first played it live. What was it about 4 or 5 years ago? Yeah, I think really? I okay. Yeah. And I and I told the band, I said, "Okay, so we're going to play this song <laughs> And at the end, like, watch. Because everyone will be, like, they'll be watching and they'll be smiling and tapping along and stuff. But watch when I sing the last line, <laughs> which is, like, the song ends on the last line. And I go, just watch their faces because you'll – I guarantee they'll they'll look shocked and some of them will recoil in horror. <laughs> and they did. No, and they totally did. Like, I finished and I went, oh! <laughs> and the well, ones we... that are still smiling are the ones you want to be your friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a total mic drop moment. It was, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, drop the mic, turn, and walk the fuck out. That's the captain for you. Mm-hmm. I thought he would have been up. <laughs> Thank you, Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys can tell that we definitely like drinking songs. You know, there's Hello, Old Foe, which is another type of drinking song. You opened the album with Bar Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bar Trek and Star Truck. <laughs> it was good to see you really stretching your song right? titling capabilities on both yes. of them. It's funny, like Bar Trek too. It's Bar Trek and Star Trek. You know, we have this folder, the lyric folder, where like sometimes you just write stuff and you just throw it in the lyric folder. I swear to God, those songs have been in there for like like twelve years. I mean, Eons, it's just really old. And finally, like we just we finally found like the perfect 
music to go with them on this album. So fantastic well thank you again for joining us on the show and for sharing your awesome awesome music with us we so appreciate it yeah and, thank uh, you. We love you guys having the opportunity oh, to and here i gotta do that i gotta stay on message and marketing okay. message and uh just so everyone knows the new album is being released october 24th and will be available on both amazon and itunes i was just gonna ask you where they could find your stuff now your website's changed a little bit but you can still find awesome warp 11 information at warp 11.com correct did it yes. change? You know, we're, I, I don't think I've told the band, hey, guys, I tell you, I've tur- I'm turning a new website on. Yes. I've been working on it. I was going to surprise you guys. The old website, it was so hard to update. It was made like 16 years ago. And it just, <laughs> it, you couldn't do anything with it. So we decided to just make something simple that we could update. And now, like when we post on the Facebook and the Twitter, uh-huh. it'll go automatically to our website. Nice. So it looks like we actually do stuff. That's perfect. And of course, the most important things for our fans and our new listeners out there is that, you know, we do this band because we love being in this band. Otherwise, it would be way too fucking hard. It takes so much time and so much energy because we all have very industrious other jobs. And so <laughs> doing this is quite the challenge. And, uh, in the end, though, it's always really rewarding, and we love doing it. So there's a lot of passion, a lot of trek. And drinking. And drinking. <laughs> and sex. Yeah, and drugs. And drugs. And rock and roll. And curious Canadians. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. thank you. As we take you guys out of this, our final question we ask all of our guests, what pisses you off? Benedict Cumberbatch. Can <laughs> 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 um, I seriously go on a little a tiny rant? Do uh, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, makes you mad. So okay, this this makes me slightly mad. Uh, so th- they're out there looking for stars, right? And and just recently they found this star, but they're trying to figure out hey, there's, there's got to be a planet floating around that thing, but it weirds out the light way too much, so it can't just be a planet. What the hell is this? And it goes, hey, I got an idea. It's probably like a, a cluster of asteroids and, and, and comets and stuff floating around, and that's what's screwing it up. It's got to be something like that. And then one scientist goes, ha! You guys are fucking jackasses. Asteroids and comets, not likely. Aliens! <laughs> it's probably an alien uh, superstructure. Yeah, definitely a Dyson sphere. <laughs> <laughs> That makes, is that what makes you mad? Yeah, that, yeah, that pisses Dyson you off? Spheres or scientists saying that the Dyson Sphere? The scientists saying, your theory is full of shit. It's probably aliens. It's got to be aliens. <laughs> aliens. And here I thought Dyson just made vacuums. Damn. <laughs> right? Oh, Whoa. I forgot one other thing that, pisses, that makes me mad. John Merlino. <laughs> John, what makes you mad? Oh, God. Practice always makes me really mad. <laughs> you know, it's true. John, just so everyone knows, we're in... The, the capital of California, one of the greatest towns in, in California, if not the world, Sacramento. I'm sure you've all wanted to come here. But John lives in San Francisco, which is an hour and a half away with no traffic, up to three, four hours with traffic. And John drives to practice once a week, braving the hell that is the commute to come to band practice. So thanks, John. Yeah, and, wow! Yeah, and and thirty dollars in gas and bridge tolls every time I come. Which here, we so. ne- which we never reimburse him for. <laughs> and I spend all the band's money on coke. Just so you know, and John doesn't do blow, so he doesn't even get to share. Did I say coke? I meant Ketracel White. Yeah, yeah. And, and you stopped having vodka in the freezer too, and that really pisses me off. Also. 
<laughs> Kiki, what makes you mad? Bring us home. Uh, fucking Romulan ale. It was soap sudsy, gross. I mean, I've heard there's a new beer called Jim Beam Me Up. I haven't tried it yet. I'm open. You know, what the nice thing about being a Trek band is that people will bring you Trek things. And I, I don't know, a couple years ago, someone like drove from Las Vegas to our to our show. I think it was, this one was in San Francisco, and they brought us a case of Romulan ale, which you could buy at the Star Trek Experience at the Hilton in Las Vegas. Okay, which was cool. The problem was, as Kiki said, it tasted like soap. <laughs> it was blue beer, and it tasted like soap. Blue soap. Yeah, that sucks. I gotta say, yeah, it yeah. sucks. But you know, it's the thought that counts. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's nice that you got. It. It's always nice to receive a gift, right? <laughs> I should tell you the story of the people that brought it in their cooler and just stood very bizarrely in the corner of our kitchen and well, we invited knew them who the, the hell they were because they were like, "Hey, we drove here from Las Vegas and we brought you Romulan ale." We're like, "Cool, man, come on to the after party." And then once they got there, they just felt really uncomfortable I mean, their their plastic ears were falling off and it was just awkward oh, just bock ears i think they pretty much melted in the hot tub <laughs> we do have a hot tub for the after parties it's nice. called it a sin haven't i seen that hot tub in one of your videos yes uh yeah no, that's the bathtub the that hot is tub. the bathtub oh, okay. hot tub's got room for like three more guys in spock masks <laughs> <laughs> And maybe the Enterprise. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about this next song? Zombie Red Shirts. Oh, Zombie Red Shirts. Yeah, Zombie Red Shirts was written for a Halloween show about, what, two years ago? Yeah, just just say two. It makes okay. it sound more right. more recent. All right. A lot more recent. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, it's a, <laughs> you know, we just realized that you got to be on message, but you got to sometimes branch your message out because not everybody likes Star Trek, right? But... Everybody likes zombies, so let's write a song about Star Trek and zombies. And we win the zombies that year. And we right? and we dressed as, as zombies, like you know, because as everyone knows, like the red shirts in Star Trek, you know, when you see Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Ensign Gomez beam down to a planet, you know who's not coming back. Right, the guy, the red <laughs> right. security guy, the, doomed. Like, what's that guy's name? I don't know. He's good as dead. So this song is about all the red shirts who died on the Enterprise. And now they've been reanimated, and they're coming back to eat the captain and eat you and eat the universe. Yeah, they got a taste for flesh. But only if it's fresh. fresh. They got to ease their pain with positronic brains. <laughs> Here it is, folks. Zombie red shirts. Enjoy. Make it so. Engage.
Captain Carl from Warp 11, and you're listening to the best show in the Alpha Quadrant, The Bone Bat Show. Engage! Nightmare Beaver Lake, 2015. Steve from The Bone Bat Show. The uh, opening area is all dedicated to Stephen King this year, which warms the cockles of my heart. cemetery. Sometimes dead is better. Darling. Shouldn't bury your pets here. Every single one of them comes back to life. They come back evil. Eddie? Eddie, is that you? Eddie, please. Eddie! Eddie, please. Come back. Don't leave. Eddie, you can't leave me. Please. Eddie, come back! Eddie! Eddie! That, of course, is Paul for misery. Have you come to join the children of the corn? Oh, are you just gonna walk through here and ignore me? <laughs> I might just have to pin your ankles to the floor! Are you Malachi? I am Malachi! Are you psychic? She wants you to. <laughs> There's a choice here, scary or very scary. You know which way we're going. <laughs> that was good bloody shower curtains. A couple of vampires roaming around the rooms. They could come at you from any direction. Very spooky. That one's not scary, it's just cool. You should definitely go through that one. Walk slow, it's fun. Are people gonna pop out in there? I haven't been in there yet. If I don't come out, you'll know. Welcome in, welcome in. I'm the lawgiver of this town, and here are the laws. Not to go on all fours, that is the law. Not to shed blood, that is the law. Not to hurt other men, that is the law. Who makes the rules? I do! I am the lawgiver! And you must be punished! Get into the house of pain with you! Who makes the rules? Someone else. You must be here to see me, right? Of course. I'm not covered in blood, you can tell. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh no. That's rarely a good sign. Yeah. 
Once again, that was Zombie Red Shirts from Warp 11's brand new release, Rock Out With Your Spock Out. I know you loved that. Go buy it. Yeah, go buy, buy it just album. right now. Go to Amazon. Go to iTunes. Buy the new Warp 11 album. It's fucking great. I cannot stress this enough. You already know you love this band. We've been playing them for years. It's time to get the new album right now. It's so and good. trust us. What did we tell you last show? We told you go buy Clutch new album. It's fucking Psychic great. Rock And you did. And it's awesome, right? So you know, we know what we're talking about when we say, go buy this album. That's right. We, we told you about Moon Hooch. We did. It's funny. You know, my wife, speaking of things that pissed me off, you know, like she's liable to come to me with stuff all the time. Like, do you have you heard of this band, Moon Hooch? I'm like, yeah, you should listen to the Bone Bat Show. It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> she's always, I can't tell you how many times she's mentioned something that we talked about, like the month or two months previous. We're always on top of it. So take it from us. You want to get in on the ground floor. You haven't heard this whole album yet. It's great. Buy it. So, dude. Dude. It's Halloween. Are we going to do another candy? What are we Halloween doing Halloween episode. Yeah. And let's uh, talk a, bit, a little bit about horror movies, too. Okay. So uh, the last thing that folks heard right after Zombie Red Shirts was a little bit of sound from this year's installment of Nightmare at Beaver Lake. Now, the reason I played that this year, we're not really doing the haunt tour so much, but I went out there. For the first time ever, as you know, my daughter does makeup at this particular haunt. My son is acting the first time. So this year's Nightmare Beaver Lake, the uh, opening segment is all dedicated to the works of Stephen King. So you walk through a giant movie screen that is playing clips of Stephen King films. You walk by great big beautiful art posters of the covers of Stephen King's books. And there are scares around each corner from each novel. And the person that you heard playing Paul from Misery was my son. Aww. So that is why I wanted to play something from Nightmare Beaver Lake this year. Uh, Continuing on through the haunt, lots of great scary scenes. And the final house this year is a great big Adams Family Mansion. Uh, But there's lots of touches that are more modern. There's a Devil's Carnival. There's a Vortex. There's a prison breakout. And there's even a little bit of Five Nights at Freddy's for you video game fans. So you want to check out Nightmare at Beaver Lake this year. A lot of love, a lot of heart is put into it. I hope you dig it, and I hope you enjoyed the sound. In the background there, you also heard some music from our good friend Sam Haynes, who has another brand new collection of haunt music this year you gotta grab it it's actually available now on Bandcamp for you to pay what you want top-notch haunt music as good as anything you're liable to find 
all from the mind and fingers of Sam Haynes, a.k.a. DJ Cheeky Boy. So check that out at hauntmusic.co.uk. Thank you, as always, Mr. Haynes, for the fantastic music. So, dude, before we jump into some horror movies, why don't we eat yeah. some candy? All right, so I'm reaching to the bag here. I'm, I'm grabbing what is a large item. We'll worry about this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus God. Crybaby Sour Mini Drinks. <laughs> These are those things that look like a, a, a bottle made out of wax with some fluid inside. And I, I think that the like there's like a name brand version of this and it's probably not Crybaby Sour Mini Drinks. Okay. I'm going to try to take one of these off without staining the carpet. And uh, I've got green here. And if I recall, the way you're supposed to enjoy these is you, you bite the wax head oh, off. Oh, like you, those things. The little yeah, waxes and with the, suck the, the, juice the Kool-Aid in them or whatever. Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> there was a Jim Jones version of this stuff. Don't get the Jim Jones wax. No, just Crazy that. drinks, yeah, don't do it. This is horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. I'm going to die. Steve, I always loved you. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. Uh, that's it. I'm dead. So one of the things that I did, uh, I mentioned I bought stuff that I'd like, but I also bought some stuff that I sort of like remember from my youth. Uh, this next candy was actually my mom's favorite candy when I was a kid. Uh, it's called a cup of gold, and it is kind of like a Reese's peanut butter cup with marshmallow in the middle of it. If it's what I remember, but I haven't had one of these since I was. I've like, never even heard of this. I had last had one of these when I was like ten, so it's been a long time. It has nothing to do with the golden shower, right? No. Okay. Well, it's weird because <laughs> that would be weird if that was something your mom. Jesus. On memory. Okay. So it's like, imagine if a Reese's peanut butter cup was only like a third full of peanut butter, then you just bit into it, and it was like an inch of hard chocolate. <laughs> 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 like finding a stone in your pillow as you lay down on it. Washing this down with Mr. Q cucumber is not making anything better. Yeah, they kind of screw you on the marshmallow on this deal. I think there's coconut in the marshmallow. Oh, that's too bad. Something going on there. That's weird. Oh, I still. I think I may have lost a tooth from that. I don't know. Sour thing. I don't think that was great. Anyway, moving on you to my, never go my back next home. beer. The next beer is called Pay the Ferryman Porter from Cerveza de los Muertos. It has a cool name to it. I know, that's great. It's got a, a little picture of a skeleton guy with a robe and a staff. All right, and my next drink is a dry sparkling lavender. I don't oh, even know what that means. Oh, that sounds awful. Mm -hmm. It's what? like drinking uh, sparkling water, but... With an aftertaste of your grandmother's perfume, essentially. This is like drinking your grandmother's bath water. All right. I also bought a thing of Necco wafers. I'm going to pop these open and snack. I wonder if they still taste like chalk. They probably do. Especially the black ones. They're totally chalky. Yeah. I bet if I poured that wax sour drink into this dry lavender thing, I could probably make a weapon of some sort. Uh, it tastes like licorice. Duh. Chalky licorice, though. Yeah, chalky licorice flavor. Yep. And that tasted kind of like a Tums. 
Yeah, the candy that tastes more like Tums than Tums actually tastes <laughs> Which is weird. I don't know how they do that. Because now they make like fruity Tums. You remember when, when we were kids, there was one Tums, right? Yeah. It was it a was sort of minty Tums. one. That's it. Then now they have like fruit Tums. Who wants a fruit Tums? I'm trying to make my stomach feel better because I ate too much pizza and wine. I don't want <laughs> Don't give me Loganberry. <laughs> exactly. That's horseshit. I don't want passion fruit. <laughs> but you also don't want horseshit, Tums. Anyway, okay. So, horror movies. All right, horror movies. So, as you I mentioned... Your kid watching horror movies. That's good. Yeah, so my son... Now, it's funny, because since he's been doing this, he's had a bunch of movies, like a, a list of movies that he was told he should watch. And I know we talked about that we had both watched Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, since then, we've watched Halloween 1 and 2, Friday the 13th. Uh, Julie and I watched Wreck 3, which was pretty fun, actually, for a zombie movie. It's not awesome, but the main zombie fighting bride who goes throughout the movie kicking seven different kinds of zombie ass is absolutely gorgeous so she's wonderful to watch you would enjoy that all right well there's a lot to be said i know you're not as huge on the brunettes i like women so yes so this blonde brunette redhead bald yes whatever so it's fun to watch and uh stand by me we watched last night uh we're gonna throw it's not necessarily horror but stevie i was gonna say uh my son hadn't seen that so uh, we watched it It was funny because he goes oh this looks boring What's it about? Oh, these kids that go see a dead body. That sucks. I don't want to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, he's riveted like five minutes in. And by That's the time, so wonderful when that happens. Yeah, and by the time the story about the pie eating contest happens, like, you know, he's in for the duration, so. Yeah. And then afterwards, he's like, what What happened? <laughs> exactly. I'm supposed to suck. How am I supposed to pour scorn on my father now? So, you know, I, there's all kinds of stuff that we've been watching or into, obviously, because it's the this season. Uh, and we asked on our Facebook page, since this is going to be kind of our space terror episode, uh, what movies were people digging? Our friend Gigi mentioned Moon with Sam Rockwell as being something that was kind of eerie. Now that, you, was a, that was an eerie, creepy movie. I don't know that I would call it horror. I, no, I know I wouldn't call it horror. But it's definitely a great movie. I think I talked about it on the show years ago. And it's definitely got a very creepy, kind of scary vibe to the whole thing. Well, I'm going to definitely look for that one. Another listener, Ray, said that uh, Event Horizon comes to mind, of course, but she'd also include Pandorum, Dante 1, Sunshine, and Life Force. Uh, Event Horizon is a super fun, terrifying movie. One of the few, like, Lovecrafty haunted house in space movies I can think of. Really good stuff. Sunshine, I like only vaguely horror, maybe. There's a little bit of horrific thing to it, but it's a great movie. Also by the uh, creators of uh, Alex Garland, I believe, wrote it, who was uh, the writer of 28 Days Later. And uh, Life Force, of course. When I was a 12-year-old boy, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit. (laughs) Yes. A movie every 12-year-old boy should enjoy. Right. But I haven't seen Pandorum and Dante 01, so I'm going to check those out. Yeah, and there's the movie, you know, obviously the Alien series kind of goes without saying right. as far as, I think you, on Facebook, I think you even said something about not the, not Alien. Yeah, because that's, that's the one that everybody knows of, and you have other stuff like, uh, I guess when, when it comes to robots, you got the Terminator films, uh, Predator, Species, I guess, would be kind of a spacey sort of uh, movie series. I wouldn't call it a spacey series, but why is She's that spacey? Alien. She is an alien, but it happens right here on Earth. Yeah, she's an alien. You'd have to, then you'd have to add, like, the Predator. Blob. 
the thing. The blob, the thing? Yeah, I don't consider yeah, those. those are, well, they're not space, but they're, I don't know. They're not like your normal terrestrial horror, certainly. Yeah, they are. Really? I would take issue, just because Really? You love species in with Frankenstein. I yeah. think that's, nah. I those are know. horror. I agree with that. You're weird. You're weird. <laughs> anyway, you know, there are people on the internet who just there make... Are? Who just make the internet a bitchin' place to hang out. There are people you like to read. And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite bloggers ever is Final Girl, Stacy Ponder. And I asked her if she would put together a list for us. And oh, yeah. she did! Oh. I'm so fired up about this. So, from Stacy Ponder, everybody lean back, grab a drink. Let's bring back a little music from Sam Haynes to set the mood. And I'm going to read to you for a moment. This is uh, from Final Girl herself, exclusively for the Bone Bat Show. Although franchises in space is a big horror movie cliche, it's not really as ubiquitous a trope as you'd think. Yeah, sure, Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, and Leprechaun have all gone into space, but why stop there? Space and horror are two great tastes that whatever, whatever... And as fans, we deserve more. In case Hollywood is listening to this podcast, here are some spectacular franchise ideas that they can use for free. One. Another film in the 28 Days Later series, called, obviously, 28 Light Years Later, residents of a space town flip out and attack each other after they're infected with the space virus. In one particularly riveting sequence, two nerds argue whether or not the flipped-out residents should be called zombies. Number two. It's sometime after the events of The Exorcist II, The Heretic, and despite all the efforts people have made to repeatedly save her ass, Reagan McNeil is possessed yet again. This God time, damn her. Oh, he did. <laughs> this time, however, the church is like, fuck it, let someone else deal with her. And they, cry, <laughs> and they cryogenically freeze her. 500 years later, space archaeologists find her cryotube and unwisely thaw her out. The scene everyone will be talking about later is the one where there is pea soup barf and zero gravity. Oh, yeah. Number three. You know about the Voyager Golden Record, right? Well, it turns out that there was also a Voyager Golden videotape. Instead of containing a message about peace and love and whatever for the aliens to find, the tape has a fucked up short film on it. And while watching it, aliens are like, what the heck is this? And then both Samara and Sadako come crawling out of the hollow screens. Yes, the aliens have hollow screens and VCRs. They are very advanced. Things look bad, but spoiler alert... The aliens all have large dark hair, and they think Samara and Sadako are friendly. Samara and Sadako change their ways and live happily with their new brethren, and horror fans are mad that the movie ends without any violence. <laughs> Number four. One day at the space colony, all the kids go nuts and kill the adults. It's so shocking. How could they do such a thing? It turns out that he who walks behind the rose was not merely some big worm god living in a cornfield in Nebraska. He was also an alien, and this colony was unknowingly built on its home planet. Whoops! In the film's controversial ending, all the children of the space corn suffocate because some two-year-old opens the colony door to go outside and play. Yes, the colony is one big room with one door. <laughs> I like that. Number five. So how about a new Halloween movie that takes place after part two? In a montage set to a modern rock version of Mr. Sandman, Lori Strode works through her PTSD and becomes an astronaut. 
She's on a mission, floating outside the shuttle, fixing something, and she looks over, and what the heck? Michael Myers is standing on the wing, staring at her. Is she losing her mind, or is he really there? Who knows? Look, all I really want is a recreation of the scene from Aliens where Power Suit Ripley faces off against the Queen. You know what I'm talking about, except with Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Tagline, the night he came to space. It practically writes itself. I sure hope Hollywood is listening. Thank you so much to Final Girl for Thank her you. contribution to this episode. It is Original so awesome. content. Love it. You can find her stuff at finalgirl.blogspot.com. She also does an amazing video game blog, Called Jill Sandwich, at jill-sandwich.blogspot.com. And she also does an amazing webtoon called RPG, which you can find at RPGcomic.com. She's a true renaissance woman. Thank you so much, Stacy, for your contribution to the show. That's awesome. So awesome. Thank you. Yes. So after all that, I feel like I need a smoke or at least another tune. So what are we going to listen to? Let's listen to one off. <laughs> Boldly go down on me from Warp 11. This is Set Your Phasers to Fuck. Your side. I 
set my face up a kill I'm gonna show you my thrill, yeah And now you're really in love Ooh, I set my face up a fuck Fuck, fuck I'll give you a bumper, everyone can give you a bumper Bumper, I hardly even know her <laughs> Oh, that's a good one <laughs> All right, once again, that was Set Your Phasers to Fuck by Warp 11. That's a kind of a fun tune. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a snazzy number. Kind of a And an older little... tune. The one older tune. We're playing all new stuff this episode because the new stuff's so good. How about that? Yeah. And then we, throw, we give you a throwback tune. Bam. That's we're right. like that. Bam. That's how we are. Speaking so, of throwback, throw up. Speaking <laughs> of throwing up. I'm, I'm going to reach into my big bag here that my son so lovingly bought for me. Okay. Oh my god, this is an actual... Why, well, this is the name of an actual thing. I don't know if this is an actual thing. Elmer's, since 1855, Snickerdoodle Cookie Dough Treats. Snickerdoodle flavored cookie dough treats covered in real milk chocolate. Oh god, no. This is nice. so terrific. Now, I'm going highbrow now. Alright. I'm having a chocolate skeleton who has a top hat. Well... Okay, so all of these come pre-crushed. That's kind of nice. What is it now? Uh, Snickerdoodle cookie dough treats. Okay. These may actually be pet food. <laughs> I'm going to try one. Wow, it's not as terrible as the last thing. It tastes vaguely of coconut and butthole. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question about this whole dollar store thing? Uh-huh. When you sent your son to the dollar store to buy candy for you, did you send him with just one dollar or multiple dollars? <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, I didn't get any change. <laughs> I mm. can see why. This is actually good. It's, this is high-quality chocolate in skeleton form. If it had two heads, it could be like the official two-headed skeleton of the bone bat. Wow. That, there's sort of a gritty aftertaste, which is either like sand or possibly cat litter <laughs> have you I ever had one of those cat litter cakes um is that a euphemism no it's not so i don't remember if this was halloween or just for fun but my mother-in-law made like a cake and it was in a plastic plastic tray and she crushed up like oreos in a food processor so it looked like gray pebbles and put it on the top of the cake, and then she melted Tootsie Rolls all over the cake. <laughs> so it literally looked like a cat box. It was absolutely disgusting. And that was oh, what was for was. dessert. And then she, like, cut off. Everybody got a piece. And I could not eat the Tootsie Roll. Even though I knew <laughs> it was Tootsie Roll, I just I couldn't get past the actual appearance of it. That's, that's funny. Your brain would not allow you to eat Toasty no, Roll. Yeah, my brain was like, fuck you, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, Steve. No, it slaps your fork out of your hand. So, dude, you got any gorge weird stuff this week? Oh, such a weird thing. Sticking with the robot and horror theme. <laughs> Apparently, that there, there is some sort of movement afoot, if you will, to try to... Um, Stop the robot sex industry before it really gets started. <laughs> Which is interesting. Yeah. Boy, talk about a job killer, huh? Right. I mean, yeah. 
Aren't we trying to increase industry in this country? Apparently not. So according to a research firm, uh, Gigom Research, never heard of them. But then again, who have I heard of? They polled uh, 1,900 experts in the fields of robotics and labor. And they, they wrote up a report that by 2025, robotic sex partners will be commonplace, although the source of scorn and division. So 2025, that's only 10 years from now, within a decade. 2025, yeah. In 10 years, we'll still probably be doing the show, possibly reviewing sex robots. I don't know. <laughs> it could happen <laughs> if you want to send us one. <laughs> that's right, for our review. That's to Steve at Bonehand.com. <laughs> or <Gord at> Bonehand.com. <laughs> Uh, if you do send it to Steve, send a brunette one, send it to me, send an email one. Those are the only requirements. Uh, let's see. They also predicted that sex robots will be likely viewed by detractors in the same way that we currently bemoan selfies as an indicator of all that's wrong in the world. So so by being bemoaning it, we, we make fun of them, but we do them constantly? It, did I see bemoan? I meant bemoaned. <laughs> yeah, apparently that. Yeah. It's, uh, everyone's going to have their own little sex bot, and it'll be, you know, embarrassing, but not embarrassing enough not to do it or talk about it. And well, as I mean, evidence... But, but there is... So, I was trying to, uh, like, imagine this. Like, you go over... You have, like, a regular poker night. You go over to your buddy's house. You open up, like, the coat closet to hang your coat up, and there's a sex robot. Or even even now, like, if you there was a blow-up doll in there, you'd be kind of skeevy, right? You'd be kind of... Well, you know, I don't think you keep that stuff out, like, in the common areas. You, you, you'd probably keep it in your more private bathroom, bedroom area. Really? So, I mean, you, so you think sex robots will fold up nicely for, like, storage? They might. They might have some holographic projector that, like, really, they, the, the robot itself is only a fleshlight, but it's got a hologram projector all around it. Okay. They might be really flexible, is what you're saying. They might. They <laughs> might. The good ones. <laughs> And right now, there, I mean, the stuff that's out there right now, if you think about it, they're not really ro- robots, per se. There's the aforementioned Fleshlight. I discovered there's something called the Auto Blow 2. <laughs> the what? I didn't even know there was an Auto Blow 1. <laughs> what, what, pray tell, is the Auto Blow 2? Is this something, did you Google it for the show? Did Just you for take show, one yeah. for the team? And for the show, it's Auto Blow 2, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> It's a it's a pretty hefty device. I don't see how it's far beyond the pocket pussy of your <laughs> of your <laughs> of your house, or of you know if you're just a broke kid growing up in Wairika, it's two slices of cantaloupe duct taped together in the microwave for thirty seconds. <laughs> Do not over microwave the cantaloupe. That's all I'm saying. And the kids these days, they probably affix a vibrating iPhone to the whole apparatus in a Ziploc bag to keep it, you know. Fresh. Charged. Fresh. Because <laughs> when you take that, that broke-ass iPhone to the to the store to get fixed and they, like, smell it. Is there, Is that like, okay, yeah, when they, when they look inside the sim hole and they see, like, okay, if it's red, it means it's been wet. If it's orange, it means it's been fucked. <laughs> it has There's, a like, a tab in there. <laughs> well, that, that's a dead giveaway. Yeah, so no, they're they're worried about they're worried about the future of of sex robots. And a little more research, I discovered uh, Dr. Kathleen Richardson. She's a, and I don't know where one gets this degree, a robot anthropologist and a senior research fellow in ethics and robotics at uh, England's 
De Montfort University. That is kind of interesting. So does that mean that she is a robot who is an anthropologist? Maybe I didn't she's read not. That That's quite possible. The, the, she's the, a frigid <laughs> anthropologist robot. Tell you what. Yeah, no, they they put out this uh, they put out this report, and they say that uh, for the for the sake of of women, children, and men everywhere, if these things are going to be developed, they have to be developed ethically. Like, like free range or <laughs> yeah, apparently so cage free locally sourced uh, she wrote that over the last decades an increasing effort from both academia and industry has gone into the ve- development of sex robots that is machines in the form of women and children and I'm assuming men children? as sex objects children yeah see that's where I go Ugh. yeah yeah but there is substitutes for human partners and prostitutes, and they're, they're, her whole idea is that if you're if you're going to invest all the money in getting a sex bot, then you're going to be a jerk to it. You're going to put it in a subservient role, and uh, I don't know, be, be oogie. And she's trying to trying to keep that from happening. I don't know. This is someone who's put a lot of thought into something that I've never thought about at all. It's it's kind of like me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Yeah, it's like I take pretty good care of my iPod and my television and my camera and things like that. Why wouldn't I That's take true. care of my sex bot? Why wouldn't you take you know, care like of your auto On a Saturday, you take it out for a spin and polish it with turtle wax? <laughs> wax it up, maybe change the batteries in it. Get the oil changed, check the fluids, transmission. I don't know. It's, it's a bizarre thing. And the thing that's really telling to me is... She, she makes a point out of saying that they're not proposing to extend rights to the robots. They, they want, want to make sure everyone knows and treats them as objects. But at the same time, they want to try to uh, make sure they're not treated just as objects. Well, I mean, if corporations can be people, why not? I guess. Whoa, maybe you could have a corporation run by a sex bot. <laughs> that would, which would probably be more ethical than some corporations now. Yeah, you know bonus time would be interesting. Bonus time. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I did. So I don't know. Steve. It's interesting so, that there's so much in it about that in the news at once. You know, it is. It's kind of weird because like, I, I started hearing like a bunch of things at once. And then now, well, you know, Bone Bat Show is always cutting edge. That we are. So in 10 years, you know, maybe we're going to do another flashback episode where we'll laugh at ourselves for how clueless we were. About our you never got the sex, sex bot overlords. Thing. Yeah, after your wives both wanted one, it was all over. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you know? It's a sex bot and it doesn't hog the remote. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on your flabby old man ass. <laughs> no shit. Here's my perfectly sculpted sex bot that folds up and puts away and... Also does the laundry. <laughs> Shit, we're out of a job. We're totally out of a job. We're out on the street. Speaking of which, why don't we listen to another tune? All right, let's do it. This is uh, from, of course, Warp 11, the previously mentioned remake of Seven of Mine. Get your Borg on. All right.
go to 11. <laughs> Sometimes. Mostly. All right, once again, that was Seven of Mine, Mirror Mirror version from the Mighty Warp 11, taken from the brand new release, Rock Out With Your Spock Out, 2015, available now at finer record stores and online venues near you. So, dude, let's uh, first uh, get our beer and candy straight and then uh, do a little multimedia triage. All right, so, so far, I think it's kind of the fuckola cola Yep. And the, the Mr. Q cucumber are actually the two best things I've put in my body so far. That's right. I said Mr. Q's cucumber is the best thing I've put in my body. You know, actually, I've been drinking every once in a while. There's a no-carb rock star energy drink that is lime and cucumber. It's not bad. All right. You put the lime in the cucumber and you shake it all up. Yeah, that's what you do. And then right, you this- say, Doctor! This is one of those ram, ramu, ramuni. Oh yeah, it's I know those. the drink with the ball in My the bottle. My kids love them. The, you, the kids, the kids love them these days. Yep, they do. And you got to somehow knock the ball into the bottle by striking the top smartly or something. Mega Rand's I'm not got, smart enough for this. Mega Rand's got a line in one of his raps. I think I'm otaku like Pocky and Ramenade. Wow, how do you knock the ball in? You push it down with the little green thing. Oh, the, this the, this particular one, the, the pushy downy thing pops out for you to use. So, oh. there we go. Yeah, and then that's the po- sound of success. Whoa! And the room smells like sweet, sweet chemicals. <laughs> well, I'm going old school. I'm eating a Nestle Crunch bar. Oh, and this what? tastes like bubble gum. Really, I like this. Cool. And my final beer of the evening is Fort George Squash Buckler because I have to have. A great big bottle of something that tastes like pumpkin on these episodes. I think that's the law. What are you do- What are you doing for candy? You got any more candy? I'm going old school with a Nestle Crunch bar. Oh, okay. That's I like Nestle Crunch. It's got some, yeah. It's got a little Rice Krispie action going in. Probably not officially Rice Krispies because then they'd have to pay. The they'd have folks to pay the Kellogg's. Rice Krispie people. Yeah. And I've got. Oh, no, it's another Elmer's. Cotton candy creams. Full cotton candy covers. Flavored creams in real milk chocolate. They look, on the package, they look like cookies, but in real life, once again, they look like smashed chocolate eggs. And the room is already filling with the stench of coconut and artificial corn syrup. I don't even know. Here we go. But, the, I mean, the stench, as bad as it may be, is nothing like the stench of two 47-year-old podcasters shitting blood the morning after this episode. Because <laughs> 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 we've totally Im- abused our intestinal our, tract. Yeah, For you Lord. listeners' enjoyment, I, I hope you know. <laughs> yeah, this just at least tastes like bad cherry cordial. <laughs> this is the least horrible candy so far. Okay. Not what I would call edible, but at least I don't want to violently vomit. What have you been digging on lately, man? What have I been digging on? I'll tell you what. I've been digging on a lot of stuff, and I think our tastes have overlapped a little bit. There's a podcast I've been listening to called The Illusions. Did I talk about this one in a previous episode? I don't know. I don't think I did. And very, very uneven. It's a woman who 
Her claim to fame is she's invented a number of games, including the game of Jenga, and she's very, very wordy. She likes words, and so she does a podcast called The Allusionist. She invented Jenga? Yes. That's pretty major. Yeah. So I guess when you invent Jenga, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want. You'll really like words. You do a podcast about words. I didn't didn't have to do a damn thing to start a podcast. I didn't have to invent (laughs) Jenga. Man, yeah, that's, that's a pretty true. high oh, bar for entry. for her podcast. Maybe not. But anyway, I'm not saying go listen to all of these. I really like her, but some of her guests are frankly boring as all hell. But she did one episode, episode number four, called Detonating the Sea Bomb. And this episode is about the word cunt. Really? Which is 15 minutes of the most you're going to hear that word ever in your life, I'm imagining. And entertaining as, as hell. Cool. So, yeah, episode four of The Illusionist. Check it out. Okay. I laughed. Be sure to listen to it with the kids. You know, take them to school. They'll learn a lot. The stuff that she does without her guests is often the most interesting part to me, but I'm kind of a word nerd myself. Sure. And sticking in that highbrow vein, I read Harper Lee's novel, Go Set a Klansman, or Go Set a Watchman. And if you like To Kill a Mockingbird... If you like anything in the English language, if you like books, if you like stories, if you like yourself, don't read this fucking book. This is a terrible, terrible book, and nobody should read it ever, no matter what, like even if you're attacked by wild dogs. What made you read it, interestingly enough? Well, I really liked To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Really? Yeah. You didn't like that book when we read it in high school? I don't think I, I said about any of the books that I read in high school. Hey, I want to go read the sequel to that. Give, oh, me, some, give me some more fucking Jude the Obscure. That is not what I was saying. I was not saying that at all. We, we read had some to good read books. some. Oh boy, Wuthering Heights has a sequel. Get on we that read shit. Hemingway. It was terrible. Most of the stuff we read was bad, with the exception of everything that we read. Mister Cummings' class, the greatest teacher in the history of our lives. Yeah, everything we read in sophomore English was great. Brilliant. That was the like all the negative utopias. Best year ever. But yeah, yeah we read a lot of horse shit and that I would not want to read. And To Kill a Mockingbird was readable, but I didn't like it. Maybe because we were reading so much horse shit, it stood out to me. It's like, wow, that was really great. Because really? compared to everything around it, it was so awful. Huh. Yeah. Well, this is an awful book. It was Harper Lee working out her daddy issues while trying to explain why the racism of the South isn't such a bad thing. I don't know. It was a shitstorm in 500 pages or less. Don't read that book. Hated it. I just want to make sure everyone out there who's thinking about reading it doesn't. (laughs) Okay. But the other side of the coin, I watched a movie. I think the executive producer was... Kevin Bacon, and he also had a major role in this movie, Cop Car. Have you watched Cop Car? Never even heard of it. You gotta watch Cop Car. Why would I watch Cop Car? Because it's a fucking great movie. What's he about? took this movie, it's about this pair of kids, they're like 9, 10 years old, they've run away from home, and they're just kind of setting out across a field being imaginative, just being a couple of dumb little kids. They, you know, they've run away from home, but you know they're probably going to go back home by the time it starts to get dark, and they stumble across this abandoned cop car. 
out in the middle of nowhere. And they decide to get in the cop car. Bad things ensue. Kevin Bacon is a bad cop, and this is his cop car. And this movie could have easily been two hours long with all kinds of backstory and clever plot twists or attempted clever plot twists. But no, this was a stripped down, almost perfect movie where it was character driven. There was action. 100% of the acting was fucking awesome. There were long silences. There was great cinematography. There was all kinds of tension. It was a tense fucking movie. It had a great ending. Just, this is a really, really good movie. It pisses me off that they're doing remakes and reboots and telling the same stories over and over and over. And then cool, small, awesome little movies like this, no one even ever hears of them. So if we were doing a Bone Bat film festival that was not comedy horror, this would be a feature. I loved it. It was like 90 minutes long. It's a tight movie. You can rent it on Netflix. I don't think it's streaming. Sorry, you got to use a machine, Steve. But it's worthwhile. Nice. This is the kind of movie that, you know, two months from now, Julie's going to say, hey, did you hear about that movie called Cop Car? <laughs> yeah, she is. She's going to go, how come you didn't tell me about it? I know, right? This uh, pumpkin beer doesn't taste anything like pumpkin. You'd like it. Oh, well then, yeah, I probably would. Uh, what else? I read Night of the Seven Kingdoms, the new George R.R. R. Martin it's just a compilation of some stories he had, some recurring characters, the the adventures of Dunk and Egg. Okay. Dunk is a large man who's a hedge knight, sort of wandering the countryside looking for work. And Egg is his squire. And it's it's a fun little group of stories. If you're if you haven't read any George R. R. Martin, because Game of Thrones is on all HBO instead of being written on paper, <laughs> it's a good thing to Kind of remind you why you like the guy. Okay. And then, other than that, what have I been reading? Invader Zim on Oni Press. My kids have been reading that. I've been enjoying it, too. They finally started putting that back out on paper. Cool. And we love Oni Press because they love the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. They do! They're terribly kind to us. Each year, they send us prizes for us to give away to our attendees. So, hopefully, they'll, uh, they'll give us some Invader Zim ones this year. But if they don't... You guys ought to be buying it and reading it. Yes, you should. Other than that, you and I have been watching the same stuff. We have. Uh, well, which do you want us to do first? How about Crimson Peak? Okay, let's talk about that. What did you think of Guillermo del Toro's latest epic film? First of all, I saw it with my oldest son. Okay. Because I've watched a bunch of his movies with him. Okay. And we both really liked the movie. I think my kid liked it more than I liked it. Nice. And I really liked it. I saw it with my wife and daughter, and we all really enjoyed it. My thought of it was it was just sumptuous. To yeah, watch. that's a good word for it. It was it just was rich and lush and vibrant and eye candy and amazing shit to watch. He's playing with colors and with textures and with just amazing stuff that you've never seen. I've never seen it snow in a house before. You know what I mean? Oh, just... Wait a minute. You, you've been to Big Springs. <laughs> funny but yeah you know what i mean there was amazing stuff in it with shocking outbursts of violence and those good scary ghosts the same ghosts that he had you know he has a look for his ghosts. he does he does and, and I, I you know it. who both the ghosts were played by right no really doug jones baby 
Yep, ever since Mimic. Interviewed here on the Bone Bad Show, one of our favorite people, one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet if you bump into him at a horror convention. A lovely human being and a fantastic ambassador for all things horror. The guy is amazing, and his work, again, when you see his long skeletal fingers reach around the heroine and tap, you just know instantly who that is. Yeah, great ghosts. Fun story. I loved. I loved the whole thing. I didn't like it as much as Cop Car, frankly, but it was the no. opposite of Cop Car. No. Cop Car was small and tight, and this was like a big, epic twelve-course meal for your eyes. Now I've got a question for you. A Facebook friend of mine, a guy that I know from the Seattle horror community, posted after he saw the film that it was beautiful but ultimately soulless, and I didn't understand that critique. Did you feel that way from seeing that film? I had a moment in the film where I thought that there's only two ways to watch this movie. You're either totally engaged into it or you're sort of watching it from the outside going, meh. I, I don't know why I had that thought. So maybe he was in that second group. I was into it. I thought it could be. I mean, I, I, I got to admit, I am all in when it comes to Del Toro. I think that his work, what I find so enticing about it is that it feels to me each time like it's so original like i've seen things in his movies that i've never seen anywhere else or never expected to see and that that's kind of what i love about his movies it's like almost the cinematic equivalent of the butthole surfers you don't know what the fuck you're gonna get and it's almost always cool yeah and usually it's gonna be something scary but the ghosts are not the story the ghosts are just characters in the story a lot of times one like the don't be afraid of the dark where it's actually just a scary as fuck movie but he just produced that he didn't direct it he didn't oh, write he didn't? it yeah oh. he was he was a, i think executive producer of that so he was the money behind it but that wasn't his thing kind of like the orphanage was also you know he he was behind it but it wasn't him whereas something like pan's labyrinth or devil's yeah. backbone or chronos those are all films that were dreamt up written directed produced by del toro I don't See, this know. This keep you around. You know shit. But to me, I mean, I don't know. I do get there's a distance by doing it in a style. There was a stylization that it was like old-timey films. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. quick patter of the dialogue at the start. He was definitely trying to do a tribute to the films of yesterday. And, I don't know if he's trying to do I, I see how that, he's that, just trying to do it in that style. Yeah, well, but doing it in that style to somebody who's a modern film viewer could lend a distance so that you don't necessarily feel it as strongly emotionally as you might if it was like a film of your time. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I kind of knew where the plot was going to go, even though I'd never seen the movie. I, I could have traced out the major plot points of this movie. Yeah, well, it, because it felt like a tragedy and, you know, it's like things you'd seen before. Yeah, she's going to be with that guy, and then and, 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 I could have told you, and I would have been right. But, uh, I don't know, I still dug the movie. I yeah, liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, too. And really, that's all that matters when you're paying your, your 10 bucks to go see a movie. Did you like it? Yeah. And it was something to see on the big screen, too. I don't care how was. 4K your TV is. Go see this on a big it screen. It might even be something to see in IMAX. You see some amazing, cool colors and 
Especially the house. The house yeah. kind of like... How'd you like to be the set designer? Like Lives in breathe. Okay, here's your gajillion dollar budget. Make me this. <laughs> I read an interview where Del Toro was talking about that the wallpaper in some of the rooms has the word fear written in it over and over and over. And I just oh. love that detail that nobody is ever going to know about that or see that unless they heard the interview. But it's there. It's there in the room on the screen. I love that sense of detail that he brings to it each and every time. That's, that is a very cool detail. I didn't know that. Now, uh, another cool movie that I saw recently. I, I don't know. We haven't talked about it yet, if you feel the same. But uh, there's a brand new movie that is just hitting. Uh, last year, it was on the film festival circuit. And I have to say, I jealously coveted this film for the Bone Bat Film Festival. And uh, we couldn't quite make it work because... Uh, they had other plans with it, but it is a film from New Zealand from the director Jason Lee Howden called Deathgasm. It is a heavy metal horror story, and I thought it was fucking great. It's my favorite metal-themed horror movie since The Gate. So, Steve tells me we're going to review this movie. It's a heavy metal horror story. Yes. I, I got to admit, I had some reservations. I had him watch it first, and then if he liked it, I said, all right, if you like it, then I'll watch it. Dude, I really like this movie. I know, it was so much fun. <laughs> okay, so it's the story of this guy. Uh, his name is Brody. He moves to a small town in New Zealand. He has to move in with his aunt and uncle after his mom is killed, and his life is just shitty. He, he doesn't like his family. He doesn't like his school. The one thing that he can just sink into is heavy metal. Like so many people who were metalheads in high school, you know, when your problems felt like they were overwhelming, you could always throw on some Iron Maiden or something like ultra heavy, and it would help you through your problems. And he's going through that same exact thing. He meets this guy, Zach, who is like the kind of the town ne'er do well, and they form a band. A band things, called Deathgasm. Interestingly enough. And so Zach also finds out that the singer of another band, Ricky Daggers, is living in town incognito. Yeah, he's hiding in town. Hiding out. And so they go to meet Ricky Daggers and they end up in possession of some sheet music to <laughs> The black, Don't get too much away here. The Black Hymn. And from there, the band learns and plays the Black Hymn, and fucking mayhem ensues. So I similar to, it. yeah, The Gate, where the kids find this evil album, and they play it, and it summons demons. It's, it has that similar feel to it. But, uh, you know, like there are other 80s metal movies like Black Roses and Trick or Treat. I think this, ki this kills that film. It's got great kind of... Zombie action, a lot of really fun, inventive kills, uh, a lot of great sense of humor, and really good soundtrack with a couple of bands that I've played on the heavy half hour, like Axe Slasher from Colorado and Chicago's Lair of the Minotaur. Both of those guys had tunes in the soundtrack. The soundtrack is fucking legit, and this is a really fun movie. Yeah, even if you're a little uh, hesitant to pick up a heavy metal horror movie, uh, I liked it, so there you go. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you did, because I know that there are certain metal films that, like, say, Metal Creepers. I was going to say played, Metal Creepers comes Which on? you played at the Bill and Bat Film Fest, which I loved, but you weren't as enamored of. Not enamored, right. So, I'm glad to hear that you liked this one. 
Well, thanks. Thanks for turning me on to that. And it is playing now. Uh, it opened October 2nd at select theaters all around the U.S. Uh, in Seattle, I believe you can see it at SIF starting next week through Halloween. So uh, check out the local Seattle theaters or a theater near you. Great stuff. I really enjoyed this film. And while it's not multimedia triage per se in terms of things I have enjoyed, I got to point out an upcoming concert to you. Okay, please do. Because Pine Box Boys, you know we love them. You've heard them on the show. The Nickel Slots, you know we love them. You've heard them on the show. They are playing together December 8th at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. This is the Riptide San Francisco Fire Department Toy Drive concert. These two bands together, my head is exploding. Are you going? Uh, it's a Tuesday in San Francisco. You gotta go, dude. I gotta, I gotta try. No doubt. I gotta How try. How is this not sponsored by us? These are both bands that we've had multiple times on the Bone Bad Show. Yeah. Oh, this is the coolest thing ever. This and I don't is the think these guys have ever encountered each other in real life. So. Right, and they've probably both been on like some of our episodes, like radio episodes, where we've done multiple songs. I bet they've had songs on the same Bone Bass show. I'd have to look into that, but I bet it's happened. I bet it's happened, too. So, and, as yeah, I said... Just that- last week, Paul Zinn from the Nickel Slots was at my house, and Box Boys was playing in the house. <laughs> the, the music, not the band. Okay, that's pretty meta. <laughs> yeah, and his wife goes, hey, I like this, what do we listen to? I'm like, this is the Pinebox Boys. And did he say right then, oh, that's funny, we're playing with them in a couple of weeks? He didn't say anything like that. What? I Paul Zinn. Paul Zinn. Come on, man. Jesus. Oh, but that's so, that is so wonderful, and it makes me so happy. Because, yeah, yeah that's, that's bone bad as fuck right there. <laughs> so you say. It is. I coined that phrase just for this show. Thank you. Thank you for coining a phrase. Because it's true. I mean, how often do you get to see two bone bat bands... Anywhere but at a Bone Bat Film Festival. You can't. It's not done. It simply isn't done. It's not done. Well, what about PAX? Okay, at PAX. But other than PAX or Bone Bat <laughs> Film Festival, PAX, it's simply this. never done. Or right. Lollapalooza. But. Right. There's, there's that. <laughs> or, okay, or, maybe I'm full of shit. Okay, what about South by Southwest? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, never mind. No, forget we even. I don't know what I'm talking about. about. Hey, something else I want to talk about. What? Last week, the first episode of Minecraft Story Mode from Telltale Games came out. Huh? Yes! And my son and I played through the entire episode together, and we had a wonderful time. Really? Yes! It was great! I didn't think you were the Minecraft guy. I'm not, but I'm a Telltale guy from way back. And You're it's, a Telltale guy, It's no essentially doubt. a story. And it's the story, you, you know, there's an, an everyman who... Gets together with his friends and he hikes to Endercon, which is the big Minecraft building convention. And when he's there, he gets sucked into intrigue and mayhem and he finds rivals and he makes new friends and in between gets to build stuff. And it it was kind of fun because, like, I don't know. I've never played Minecraft. I don't know shit. And it makes my son, it kills him. When we get to a crafting table and I have to make something, and he's like, <laughs> he's like snorting and smirking at me. There's no flint and steel in a sword, Dad, because I like don't know the recipes for this stuff, and I get I get mocked roundly. I have to say, 
Oh, and you, you deserve it, apparently. But the game's totally charming. Uh, voiceovers by Patton Oswalt. It's got great action sequences. And we essentially sat on the couch together and passed the remote back and forth and played through the entire chapter over two nights and just had a really cool time. It was great. Okay, then. Who that's our age doesn't have a kid who's into Minecraft? If you've wanted an opportunity to play a game with your kids and couldn't quite find the, the right game that kind of bridged the gap between the both of you, give this a shot. It's really fun. I had a great time. The Would other you consider this a, a gateway drug to Minecraft? No, because I, I don't see myself wanting to play any more Minecraft, but I'll definitely play the next four episodes of Minecraft Story Mode. Okay. The other thing that I've been playing lately that came out, I mean, you and I went back and forth. We've been Xbox owners for a long time. And yeah. last year when the new systems came out, you were kind of on the fence. You didn't know what you want to do. And I decided to buy a PlayStation 4. And one of the reasons why I did that was there's a whole bunch of games that are PlayStation exclusives that I've never had a chance to play. And last week was released the Uncharted Chronicles, the first three Uncharted games remastered for PlayStation 4. I'm currently playing through Uncharted 1, and it is super fun. Right on. It's like basically an Indiana Jones game where you're parkouring through you know, ancient ruins trying to find treasure. You're being shot at by militant groups and enemy archaeologists who are trying to get to the MacGuffin first. And all the time you're trying to find Sir Francis Drake's golden treasure. It is super fun. I'm having a, a, just a great time with it. That is kick-ass. And it's one of the reasons why I bought this system was to, hey, I can play, finally play, you know, Uncharted and God of War and The Last of Us and stuff like that. This is never going to be available for the Xbox. And this is one of the, you know, the times where it's really paid off and I'm enjoying it. So it was a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. So uh, do you have anything else? No, I think I brought a few episodes back that uh, Nuclear Throne was a really fun game on Steam. Uh, a two-stick shooter on its surface, but actually a lot deeper game than it looks at first. I think that thing is finally a, a real game that's no longer in beta. Yeah, I don't know. But I've been playing it almost every day since that episode where I brought it up. And only today did I finally reach the Nuclear Throne. So <laughs> Nice. Thank Jesus. Cool. Well, I'd like to mention a couple of Kickstarter-type things. Uh, last episode, I talked about a local film from Michel Ness called O Unilateralis. That film funded. Yeah. So the, the message here is get to know us because we tell you what's going to fund, and then we tell you to go check it out. Uh, we do. Of course, as I mentioned, Ginnisaji movie from the makers of The Horribly Slow Murderer Murder. with the Incredibly Inefficient Weapon. That is about halfway there with 11 days left, so keep I've an eye on that. I've seen that on all kinds of websites. That's yeah. starting to blow yeah. up. It's going to be fun. You get in on the ground floor, give them 25 bucks so you can get the digital version of the movie when it comes out. You know, Jeffrey Combs, who we interviewed at Crypticon two years ago, is going to be in the film. How cool is that? So you definitely want to check that out. Uh, also, Deanny and Divine Meet the Apocalypse received picture lock this week. Now, these are the fine folks that made uh, one of our favorite films from a couple years ago, The Selling. Super fun film, hilarious, great comedy horror, their latest film. I backed that on Kickstarter back in the day, and it's finally locked, which means that the film's going to be releasing in the next couple of months. So keep an eye out for that when it comes to your town. Also, 
Uh, there's a some kind of a drive. Now, I kind of don't understand what this is getting at because it's kind of just a, a basically like an online petition. But Is it about robot sex? No, nah, Metalocalypse Now. So, Death Clock, I guess the series didn't wrap up properly, and so they're doing a petition drive to get it to go to Hulu so that it can be completed. So this you one's mean it didn't wrap co- up properly. Yeah, but I don't know. I thought that the Death Clock Requiem thing, the big rock opera, was kind of the the end of it. But I guess That's not. That's what I thought. So there's a trailer now that you can find at metalocalypsenow.com. Go there, check out that, and sign the petition to get more Death Clock because who doesn't need more of that? Finally, uh, the game Cave Evil just uh, released pre-order signups for uh, uh, expansion to the game. Which is called War Cults. It's thirty nine bucks. I understand it's a standalone game, or you can use it as an add on to the previous Cave Evil game. Again, it was just this really cool black and white horror hell kind of a, a fun game that I I played twice live and had a wonderful time with. So I've signed up for this release, and uh, you should too. And that's all I Sorry. got. I'm rattling my candy. Sorry. You rattle your candy because you are not Feklar. Ha <laughs>
All right. Once again, that was You Are Not Feklar, taken from Rock Out With Your Spock Out from Warp 11. One of Gord's favorite tunes off the brand new release. It is. And I think that is about all we have for this evening. Well, our final tune. Our final thing? Are we going to close We're going to do the usual bullshit and then the, the final song? Oh, yeah. We're going to do that, of course. Okay. That goes without saying. Okay. Do you got any more candy that you want to scarf down? Oh, Jesus. I think there's still one thing in this bag. I'm a little... More than a little nervous. I haven't vomited into a hat lately. So. I got it. I'll eat one more Necco wafer. Oh, no. This is... Oh, no. This is a flashback to one I did in a previous beer and candy episode. This is the Rainbow Nerds rope. Oh, yeah. Which is essentially just a long rope of pretty gravel. Like... <laughs> So much placostomous shit on an aquarium floor. The and if I recall like correctly, it was not horrible, so- but overly sweet. Oh, I wish I would have had this first. <laughs> this is the kind of candy you get in the theater. It's delicious. And then when you leave the movie, the inside of your mouth is just completely carved up like you've been eating razor blades. <laughs> and you have cavities the size of potholes in your molars. Nice. Mmm but it is kind of delicious in its own sick way. And it'll probably give you rainbow poops, too, so you should get one of these. Which is good, because it'll give your blood some texture tomorrow. (laughs) As it's shooting out of my anus. (laughs) (laughs) Thank yous. I would like to, of course, thank Captain Carl, Kiki, Brian, and John Warp 11 themselves for joining us on the show. Always an absolute pleasure. I'd like to thank Final Girl Stacy Ponder for the awesome Top 5 Space sequel list that she created just for us exclusively. We are so honored. Thank you so much, Stacy. Uh, I'd like to thank the fine folks at Nightmare Beaver Lake for allowing me to wander around and uh, record their actors and goings-on. As always, thank you to Sam Haynes for the bitchin' spooky music. And of course, I'd like to thank you for listening. Our usual bullshit, you can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. New content at bonehand.com every few weeks. It's also the home of the Heavy Half Hour. And you can find me on mightywombat.com on my horribly outdated website, which I do still update occasionally. New cartoon every Thursday, new blog entry, whatever the hell I feel like. And uh, recently had a guest blather blathered up on the blather section. Really? I didn't even know about that. happened in years. Yeah. Why didn't you you post anything about it? I forgot until like this moment just now. You should do that. I do. I should. I am. This is it. This is why you should listen to this show. (laughs) See, Amazing. You get some artificial food coloring, some high fructose corn syrup in me. Corn syrup? Corn syrup? Remagerd. Oh my god, it's coming right at us. I don't even know. Uh, you can follow me, mighty underscore wombat, on Twitter when I feel like tweeting. And of course, we have a Facebook chunk. I'm going to start calling it Facebook chunks now. A big chunk of Facebook for the Bone Bat Show, as well as Mighty Wombat, mightywombat.com. Got to spell it out. Am I forgetting anything, Steve? Please swing by the Facebook page because when we post something there, it only like shows to like 19 people. Yeah, so it's really sad. You probably won't see it unless you actually go there, but there's some pretty cool stuff. We post videos, sweet deals on stuff when they happen. There's all kinds of cool stuff, so uh, please check it out. 
Yeah, well, check it out. Facebook wants us to pay for advertising, I think. So you got to come to us. We're not going to you. We're not buying Facebook ads. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. So we've got one last tune for you this evening from Warp 11, Warp 11. And we are going to give the band their mic drop. This is the final cut from Rock Out With Your Spock Out. It is called I Just Fucked a Hologram. It is delightful. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Happy Halloween! And have a good one. I just fucked a hologram and it was mighty fine. I locked myself in the holodeck and came at her behind. She did everything that I told her to and not that she complained. And after I gave her my captain log, she was good to go again. Yes, I just fucked a hologram and it was rather swell. I acted out my fantasies and she did not rebel. I fond her far, I warped her core and all that kind of stuff. And never once did she make me to stop cause she could not get enough. Oh, I just fucked a hologram, and oh, how it was grand. I vented all my plasma, and she gave me a hand. I subbed her space, I forced her field. The deck was filled with sin. Oh, I just fucked a hologram. It was good to see my mom again.